All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the one of the final, if not the final, episode of this season. Uh, lots going on. Um, LAFC are headed to the MLS Cup final. Uh, what what an amazing season they've had! Look, it's been a it's been a year for LAFC. It's been some ups. It's been some downs. Um, but we've always known that this team was talented. We've always known that this team um, was going to face some adversity. And there was questions at times about this club. There was even questions at times about Steve Sharundalo from the fans. And I know asking a lot, a lot about about him. But I think when you when you look at what he's done in these two years, I think most of us forget that he's only been the this has only been his second year as a coach, and he's already done so much just in a short tenure. Uh, and they're one one game again, one game away from repeating. Um, Justin, let me bring you in here. What, what what are your thoughts on everything that's happened this season for LAFC, and now that they head uh, they're heading to Columbus for the MLS Cup final? Yeah, no, you you hit the nail on the head. It has been a season of ups and downs, of adversity, adversity. Excuse me, left and right because. Uh, yeah, I mean, not only injuries and the fatigue and the longest season in MLS history, but, you know, LAFC has gotten to the final point, that final hurdle, multiple times, the Champions League final, the Campeones Cup, and they just couldn't get over the line. Once again, it feels like they are at that final hurdle going into MLS Cup. Granted, they finally get a trophy uh, in this season that they've been waiting a while to get one. Although, of course, it is not the main one, the major trophy that they're looking for. So, yeah, it is, uh, it's a big moment and one that LAFC should celebrate for sure and uh, not take for granted because it is not easy to beat these teams to get to this point. Uh, only one team can do it. But at the same time, you got to uh, keep your head on straight and make sure that you're going to go into Columbus and drop your best performance of the season because that is what's going to be needed uh, to beat a very, very good crew team. Yeah, no that that's gonna be that's it's gonna be quite quite the quite the experience in that in that game, man. It's, it's just gonna be it's gonna be insane. it's gonna be cold out there. <laughs> you know, I know you and I are definitely planning to, to head out there, and how could you not? MLS Cup final, right? Um, heading to Ohio, and you know, if we talk a little bit about the Columbus Crew, uh, they were down two zero to the to FC Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Uh, I took a shower because I was obviously I took a quick shower heading to uh, BMO Stadium. Come back after my shower was tied to too. And then I was like, and then it goes to over. I was like, what did I miss? I was like, I thought I took a quick shower. What did I miss? They tie the game. And um, as I'm driving to BMO Stadium, uh, Christian Ramirez, former LAFC player, comes in clutch in the extra time, 115th, 10th, I forget what minute it was, but scored the game winning goal for them. And talk about a team that's resilient. Talk about a team that's never given up because it, was a little, it wasn't looking good for them in the first half, but they were able to come back and win an extra time. What 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 do you what did you see from from that team? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, for those LAFC fans who didn't watch, it reminded me exactly of that Monterey Leagues Cup game in which LAFC went up 2-0 at halftime. You felt like they were in full control of that game. And similarly to Cincinnati, they had not lost a game in which they had scored first the entire season. And then the game seemed to flip on its head about at halftime. And really with that first Columbus goal, uh, you know, which was an own goal, but it it, it sparked the uh, energy of the game. And uh, it, Columbus just took it over from there. You know, that that is really what it was. Cincinnati couldn't get back into the game. And that's why they, everybody says momentum is a real thing in sports. Once that ball starts rolling, it is hard to stop it. And that was the case for Cincinnati. You know, uh, obviously it hurt them to not have Matt Miazga in there. And Wobodo had to come in later in the game. But it, it's a huge accomplishment for the Columbus crew to be able to, again, they were on the road as well in Cincinnati, uh, not quite as far on the road, obviously within the same state, but an incredible performance from them. And as you mentioned, former LAFC players at the heart of and center of it, Diego Rossi and Christian Ramirez, both getting goals along with the own goal, which, you know, would have nearly been a Christian Ramirez goal if it wasn't credited as an own goal, rightfully so. So it is it is uh, something that I think we've talked about a lot on this podcast. The rest of the league continues to use LAFC as a scouting department, and not only do they do that, but it leads to success for other teams, as we can see. So uh, it's going to be very interesting, of course, for Diego Rossi to have his first game back against LAFC in MLS Cup. Uh, that should be really, really exciting. And yeah, I mean, you got to give all the credit to the Columbus crew because they have really stuck with their game plan throughout this season under Wilfred Nancy. At the beginning of the season, there were some tough times. Similarly to LAFC, they had some difficult times this season, a little bit earlier on in the season than LAFC did. But they, you know, wanted to stick with Wilfred Nancy's play out of the back, possess the game, take the take the game to your opponent's style, and. Uh, it didn't work for a while. You know, they they were having trouble passing out of the back. They were conceding a lot of goals. They were making big mistakes left and right, but they would also score a lot of goals. And now, as the season has progressed, they've shored up that defensive uh, aspect a little bit more and more as the season has progressed, and they have not slowed down in scoring goals whatsoever. So it is a uh, very, very dangerous crew team, and I think it's going to make for a very exciting MLS Cup. Yeah, it definitely is to talk about that. And I think, I don't know if it was you or we were talking to the game. I think the last time, um, one of the last times Christian Ramirez was at LAFC, I think this is when they had traded him and he was watching LAFC win the supporter shield. And I remember he was just standing there. And I think someone someone brought that up and he was just standing there. Now he has an opportunity uh, to, to beat LAFC and potentially, you know, lift the trophy. And I think just certain things like that, right? And Rossi, you know, who, who's not going to forget about Diego Rossi? You know, he, he's had, I think that he, sc- he scored four goals in a game against the LA Galaxy. Um, he had some of the best performances as a, as a winger. And, you know, he's one of the LAFC originals. And I remember my first my first experience meeting Rossi, um, I was at BMO Stadium when they just had unveiled the, the stadium. 
when they just had opened it to like the media and everything you could tour and he was one of the first players to come and i don't know if you if you ever anybody has ever seen diego rossi's player card his rookie year his first year with lafc it's him talking to the media and i i think my hands in there or whatever because i remember like seeing the player card i was like i remember that day vividly because he was one of the first players that out that, that we got to talk to i at least i got to talk to and just seeing that and then obviously uh, you know he went to turkey and then he comes he comes back to mls and uh you know he's still having success so it's going to be very i know it's definitely probably mixed emotions for some fans that that were cheering him on and obviously you know for him you know playing playing against his former club i know that has to be exciting yeah correct me if i'm wrong but i believe he still has the only player chant in lafc history with that diego rossi he scored the first goal against the sounders diego rossi so uh (laughs) Yeah, I think he will always uh, forever live in LAFC history, of course, because of that. Yeah, yeah, scoring, scoring the goal, obviously being one of the LAFC originals there as well. Um, let's talk, let's talk about uh, Saturday's game um, because it was from the get-go, LAFC, Carlos Vela just missed one. Like, it was a gimme goal in the, in the first two minutes, and he rarely misses those. And I was, I was surprised uh, that he missed it, to be honest with you. Uh, but Houston really played, I mean, outside of those early, early threats from LAFC, like in that first half, Houston was playing pretty good. Houston controlled the ball. They were their, their one touch was really good. What what we've seen uh, of Houston, the Houston Dynamo this season and how they've been able to control the ball and how they've been able to move the ball around, even Hector Herrera, what he's done this season. Um, I No one ever expected them to be to make it this far, to be one of the final four teams. Um, I was very impressed with them because I, I haven't really kept up with them and finally see them seen them here against LAFC. I was impressed overall. I know they lost, but I was impressed of how they were able to move the ball and how they were at times able to control the game. Yeah, I think that, you know, they controlled a lot of the possession, but they kind of failed to penetrate in a lot of ways. They They moved the ball around left and right, little passes, little triangles, but there was no penetration into the midfield. There was no chance creation. They couldn't, uh, you know, draw LAFC into the mid and try and uh, exploit the wings because the fullbacks were staying put. They were absolutely locking down uh, Quinones and Dorsey on the wings. So it was just a, a very tough time, I think, for Houston to try and penetrate that midfield, which is exactly what LAFC, you know, wanted to do. Ryan Hollingshead talked about it after the match. He said, you know, we knew exactly what they wanted to do. They want to play this little tiki-taka, hold on to the ball. But that's absolutely fine with LAFC if they're not going anywhere. Uh, and they absolutely weren't. So, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a really good performance. You mentioned at the beginning, I mean, Carlos Vela sent that, set that tone uh, for the entire game, not only with uh, the missed chance, yes, in the second minute, but then he put one in the back of the net two minutes later, was called just offside. I think it was a, a really tight decision. I think he was nearly in his own half there. Um, but it's it shows what Carlos Vela brings to this team. Ilya Sanchez talked about it after the game. He sets the tone not only for the team, but for the stadium, for the fans. And they are you know, rapturous, not only because they are every single game, but when you have Carlos Vela, you know, making it look like you're about to score at every single moment, it keeps you locked into that game. And I think, uh, yeah, it really is um, an interesting one because Carlos Vela did a great job to me in exploiting what Houston's uh, failures were. They played much too high of a line, in my opinion, and they asked Steve Clark to be the sweeper keeper. 
But Carlos Vela continued to sit on that last man, continued to try and get in behind, and granted he was caught offside uh, three times for the first time all season, but that tells you that he adjusted his role to ensure that he's getting exactly what he needs to uh, out of his game against Houston. And, of course, the the wingers next to him are two of the fastest players uh, probably in the entire league, and they were trying to do the same. So it worked out, I think, uh, pretty well in terms of the game plan for LAFC. And, of course, a third consecutive clean sheet, which really is uh, the hallmark for LAFC now, which is really weird to say for a team that is known for its attack- attacking prowess, right? That's how it's been built. But now it is, well, you only need one because Maxime Cripeau is not going to let in a goal and your midfield and defenders are going to uh, concede very few chances. So I think it's a job well done all around for LAFC once again. No, no, no. To just add on to that, too, um, Ryan Holland said, you know, he's become a goal scoring machine under under LAFC. No one would have thought, none of us would have thought he was going to be a big, this big of a threat when it became when he when he first joined the black and gold. And he said he was joking on the right in the press conference when he was talking about like, hey, yeah, you know, uh, I think he has he's not too far from Danny Bonga's goals and playoffs, right? Obviously, Danny Bonga's second season. Uh, and, and MLS, but like, you know, he understands his role that like he mentioned, he's not going to be uh, right as flashy as, in terms of speed. He's going to be, he said, in term, he's going to be there at the right place at the right time um, when it comes to scoring those goals. And I think that's what you need. That, and then you you want a player like, like, uh, like Ryan Hollins that he's know that he's going to be, he's not necessarily going to be marked. I don't, I don't want to say, say he's going to be necessarily wide open, but he's going to have those opportunities because Vela, Wanga, obviously, you know, Murillo, the bigger guys, he's 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 creating these opportunities for himself in a way because he has to he puts in that extra effort that he know if the ball if the ball lands in the in the in the box, that's my opportunity just to tap it in. And there's been countless times this season that he's done it time in and just like found a way to score. And and it's good. And he's enjoying it, you know, he's enjoying it and he's joking, and that's what you want to see of players outside of Vela, outside of Buanga to be able to score those goals because this final that you may need a goal from uh, Buanga or Palacios or whatever, someone that's not named Carlos Vela Buanga to, to win you a game like this. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he is now the LAFC's second highest uh, playoff goal scorer, passing up Vela on two. He now has three and Buanga a few more than that. Um, so yeah, he, he's got uh, those sights in his uh, sights, I guess. But it's I'm glad you brought it up because he is continually dangerous, not only on these set pieces, which he talked about. You know, he knows he's just a veteran and he knows players in this league. He knows that Steve Clark doesn't want to come off his line. And that means that you can get a little bit closer. You can get a rebound. You can get a tap in the way that he did. Uh, and it's just a knowledge and awareness of how this game works, how he can pop up in the right place at the right time. But I think uh, it, it's important because not only did he score the goal, but he was the man of the match. And I know Maxime Cropot technically won that award, but Ryan Holling said to me was undoubtedly the best player on the pitch. And it started in the first few minutes when he absolutely shut down Nelson Quinones uh, for, I think it was three tackles in the first 10 minutes of the game. And it was really telling to me because if you remember back, Gio, in the first game, that uh, these two sides played back in mid-June in Houston when the Dynamo won 4-0. 
Hollingshead was absolutely tormented by Quinones for all three of those first three goals. And it was his worst game of the season without a doubt. So for him to come back and respond in the way that he did in the biggest game of LAFC season thus far, uh, at least within MLS play, and, you know, just his stat line, let me read it out to you for a second because it blew my mind. It's one of the best stat lines I've ever seen for a defender. Obviously the goal, but eight passes into the final third, 10 recoveries, four interceptions, four clearances, 78% duels won, 100% tackles won, and zero times dispossessed in that game. It doesn't get much better than that for Ryan Hollingshead. And not only that, but it tells you the defensive structure that he, you know, he is an attacking fullback. He wants to get involved, but his only touch in the Houston box was his goal because he knew that staying put defensively and holding on to Nelson Quinones, keeping him in his hip pocket the whole game was the key to victory for LAFC or one of them at the very least. Yeah, no, I mean, and just, I mean, he did all that and scored a goal, right? Like the, the, the goal is a cherry on top, right? You, we, ex, we, everybody expects him. I know if she prefers, like, obviously he focus on, on the defensive end, but like, if he could give you that and score a goal, it's like, my goodness, you know, like, and he's, and he's done it more, more so many times this year for LFC. And that, right. And you, I'm glad you mentioned that game against Houston. Like, that, that just tells you like, Hey, he wanted to prove something in, in this big game because right. He, he didn't have a good performance the last time around uh, during the season against the Dynamo when they lost like that. And I think when you have players that are locked in like that and you have the camaraderie and obviously you hear more and more like, oh, yeah, how they get along in the locker room. Well, there's a reason why they're going to all these finals this year. There's a reason why, you know, they're, they're battling together with themselves together against these these teams. But also, like, I think Steve Sherlock talked about, like, you know, like um, how these guys uh, you know they're they're for each other and and they and they work and like not one player everybody there's talented players on this team but everybody has to work hard and it was hitting the point like yeah unless you're messy or something like that like everybody has to work hard in order to get to a final and that's what we're seeing from every single player got to work hard from from keeper right and it's kind of cliche right but like when you see it and you see things like Ryan Holland said and you see things like. You know, sometimes, sometimes, like even with the youngsters, you see, you saw Eric Duenas earlier this season. There, there's been a lot of rotation on different, on certain positions, but at the same time, everybody's been locked in and connected. And you see, and then those stories come out uh, in the in the press conference. You know, Kellen Acosta and Ryan Holland are just joking around with each other, and you get to know about their foundation and why they care about certain things. And you know, things when like Latif Blessing was seeing that, like saying that, like. They hung out with each other in LAFC, but they don't hang out with each other at, at his new club. So things like that uh, tend to stand out a lot more because you're like, oh, wow, this this is a unique club. This is a uh, a unique experience that these players are having because maybe a lot of these players don't have these experiences everywhere else. And you talk about the 3252 and all that, like there's just more and more things uh, that 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 makes this club uh, and this and this unit really, really awesome to watch. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think uh, it's one of those things that's a little bit intangible, a little bit difficult, especially for fans to kind of connect with because, well, everybody, every team says they're a family, right? Every team says that they're brothers and they work together and they're all connected in this way. But as you said, it, it's not always that way. And uh, it really speaks to the way that they, these players have not only like Ryan Holling said, continues to rave about it, but I think yeah, Latif Blessing is a great example of well, you know, if you go to other clubs, it's not always uh, that same way. And uh, yeah, it, it is an interesting one because, yeah, as you say, you know, Maxime Kripo said the same thing you did. It's a cliche, but at the same time, it's not because it's just the truth. 
Uh, and, you know, we can talk about how much this team is reliant on Denny Bowonga. We all know it. You know, I think this is the first win that they've had without him scoring in, what, three and a half months. So it's evident. But at the same time, that only works when the defense is holding strong, when his one goal results in a win because you kept that clean sheet on the other end. Uh, so it is 11 guys in attack and 11 guys in defense. 100%. Um, let's talk now about, obviously, you know, there's a few players in a, that may or may not be back with LFC. There's a, well, let's put it this way. There's a few players that are in a contract uh, at the end of the season. I'll just name the, the obvious one, Carlos Vela, obviously, Giorgio Chiellini, Palacios, mm -hmm. and there's obviously a few others. But we might we might have see, just seen Carlos Vela last game at Bank of California, BMO Stadium. We might have just last, seen him his last time wearing a black and gold jersey here in Los Angeles. I hope that's not the case. I hope you know that the, the, we could see a lot, one, at least one more year with Carlos Vela and LAFC, if both player and obviously and team want that. And I, you know, there's gonna they're gonna have to come together and agree on, on a number because I know I think that may be it. What's the right price for Vela? What's the right price for LAFC? But I hope this is not the end for, for LAFC. I hope this is not the end for Carlos Vela um, because of what what it, what they've done. And it's just been a joy watching him uh, these last couple of seasons. But let, let's talk about like his his impact with this team, because I think when I when I when I think about Carlos Vela and what he's, he's done with this with this club, right, he's won an MLS Cup. He brought the trophy last year two supporter shields, obviously two CCL uh, appearances. Um, uh, obviously, I would assume he has a record of the goal score, most goal scores for LAFC, um, the impact he's had just in the community, the impact he's had just uh, that 2019 season. I don't think I'll ever forget that 2019 season when he was just – it was just so fun watching Carlos Vela play and watching Carlos Vela score those goals. And then, obviously, you know, he goes through that 2020 season – he had something, uh, it wasn't that good for him. And then seeing him last year, you know, go through everything he went through and win the trophy. And now he has a chance to repeat. And at the end, and who I think they would be the third or fourth team ever to repeat. And I think the last team that did it was Galaxy in 2012 or something like that. It's been, it's been, it's been quite some time. But what, what are your, what are your thoughts on Carlos Vela potentially playing his last game for LAFC? Yeah, I mean, can you really understate what he means to this club? I don't think so. Uh, he is synonymous with LAFC, the first signing in the club's history, and he has been the captain ever since. He has led this team in every single way that you can imagine, on the field, off the field. It doesn't matter, and I think uh, there, there's a lot of talk of Carlos Vela being this kind of quiet leader, this kind of uh, maybe not as invested as some of the other players. And I think it really is a myth because behind the scenes, every player, every coach raves about the way that he is competitive in training, the way that he brings the best out of every teammate that he has. And he is focused on one thing, and that is winning. It's not about Carlos Vela getting goals. It's not about winning a golden boot. It's not about winning an MVP, things he's done, of course. But it is about winning those games. And I think that he's shown that this season more than any because he has switched position into the number nine. He has taken a step back, allowed Denny Bowonga to be the star of the team and said, I'm going to do the hard work. I'm going to make sure that I do whatever it takes to get this team back to an MLS Cup and try and win it once again. So, I yeah, there, there's just no understating what this guy means to this club. And uh, to imagine LAFC next year without him is really, really difficult because we've never seen it. Uh, he, he just seems like he is uh, part of the fabric of this club. 
Yeah, especially, look, it's been obviously, you know, LAFC have a short history as a club, but you can't say you can't say LAFC without Carlos Vela and, and vice versa than the last couple of years, right? So yeah, he's been uh, so critical for the team's success and obviously, you know, what they've done uh, with the city and, the, and this just community to, to bring people to, to watch him, uh, to watch this team play, you know, because obviously he was the first big star signing. I remember when they signed him, I was like, I couldn't believe that LAFC – uh, had gotten Carlos Vela that year because I remember like it was just so fun watching him with the national team and what he was doing in Europe and I was just like wow right? it's, a, it's a big signing and now what it, what he's been able to do is pretty cool but also look let's talk about Chiellini um, you know also a, a second year here with the club as an opportunity another opportunity to win a trophy um, this one I don't think it would surprise the people that much if he weren't he weren't to come back next season obviously because of his age uh, but he's been great, man. He's he's been he's played on turf when we we didn't expect him to play on turf. He does not play like uh, his age. You know, he's still going at it strong, and it's just like and it's crazy to say that we we've got like LFC has got an opportunity, and us we've got an opportunity to to watch one of the I don't know, one of the best center backs in the world to come play here. And you know, it's just it's just crazy to think because of Killini's history with Italy and Juventus and, you know, and everything he's done in Europe and being able to see him here with the LFC, it's just been, it's just been phenomenal. And he's also a, a great individual, great human being. Well, you know, anytime I've had any interactions with him in the press conference, he's always shakes your hand, you know, at times, even though at times, sometimes he talks a little low, <laughs> you know, he talks a little low. He may need to speak up a little louder. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been amazing uh, to see Killini with LAFC. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate professional, right? I think that that is the thing that struck me immediately upon his move to LA is that you understand why he's reached the levels that he has in his career, because every single thing he, that he does seems to be the right thing. Uh, not only on the field, but I'm talking about off the field. He always makes the right decision, whether it's with training himself, uh, you know, keeping fitness, helping teammates, uh, teaching the youngsters, whatever it may be. He is right there to do it. He is spending all of his time. He is studying every other team in the league. I don't think there's any player in MLS that knows the rest of the league in the way, in the depth that Chiellini does. And that tells you not only is he that good, but it's he came over from Europe. He came to a, a you know a lesser league, you want to call it. Uh, but a lot of players can think, oh, I can, I can, you know, dominate. I can play, uh, outplay these players because they've been in the top of the game in the world. But Chiellini never had that attitude. He thought it's a football game. I got to prepare in the same way that I always have. And it, it leads to his success on the field. Sure, we can see his age uh, play a part in plays like Jordan Morris when he gets you know dusted because he just can't keep up. But it's more important to look at the overall in the past two years. It's no coincidence that LAFC has turned into a extremely strong defensive team, as we've been discussing. Yes, it obviously has to do with Steve Sharundalo, a defender, uh, becoming the coach. But it also has to do with putting one of the best defenders of all time in your center back. And that's why it's been so important that he's been able to be fit and play these uh, playoff games, because as Ryan Hollingshead talked about, you know, last night, it was he, he Chiellini just continues to tell him things, instruct him throughout the game at halftime. Whenever Chiellini will notice something, he'll tell Ryan and Ryan's like, hey, man, I'm trying to play the game. But Ryan is, you know, it, it is just for improvement. It's just to help the team. And 
that is the type of thing. It's like another coach right on the field. So uh, that is going to be his next step, right? If it is retirement for him after this year, uh, moving into coaching or front office of some kind in, in a, you know, a football club, I'm sure LAFC fans would love it to be in LA. I think it's more likely he goes back to Juve and uh, takes up some kind of job over there. But whatever it is, he's going to be fantastic at it because of the mentality that he brings to everything. His work ethic is is out of this world. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just been phenomenal. Like I said, being able to watch him and what he does, and even, even at the current age he is, it's just it's insane. Um, another player, uh, we talk about Palacios. Um, mm. He has a bright future. Uh, obviously, he's, he's he's had a you know successful time with with LAFC. Uh, there's there's rumors that he you know he may be going somewhere in Europe. He may be going here, right? Especially uh, I know LAFC wants to resign him. Um, well, that's that's what the, the expectations they want to resign him and everything. But I think Palacios is ready uh, ready to go, and I think he's one of the exciting players that um, is ready to take the next step in his journey. Um, and you can't obviously there's still one more game left, but um, yeah, I think it's been, it's been, I think when you have players like Palacios that come in when they're younger and develop themselves and win that starting role and, and do and provide the services that he's been able to provide on the defensive end and on the crosses on, on the offensive end. And, you know, I think that's what, you, that's what every club wants to have is players like a Palacios that wants to improve on themselves. And when you continue to improve yourself, there's going to be other clubs that are going to want to want you. And I think that's both good for the club and player. And LAFC has been able to build that up, you know, with their, in the, the short amount of time, they've been able to build the system really, really well. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. He has been fantastic and his growth has been incredible to watch. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see this free agent market because he's going to have interest from all over the place. And yeah, I'm sure LAFC is going to want to re-sign him as well. Uh, but he would need a, a significant raise for that as well. So it will be uh, an interesting uh, free agency for him. I think he deserves to get that move to Europe, and probably that will happen. Uh, you look at it and you say, yeah, LAFC uh, probably wanted to get some money out of that, but should they win MLS Cup, it's probably worth uh, foregoing that transfer fee. And more importantly for LAFC, as you mentioned, it's about making the statement that you can develop players, that you can put them on to the next level, the next step in their career. And that is what is going to lead to bringing in the next crop of young talent uh, and the best that you can bring in. Because the more that you prove that, that you will be uh, that stepping stone to where they want to get to, that is, uh, that's the reason that they're going to choose LAFC in the future. So, uh, yes, I think... Uh, it's it's unlikely that Palacios returns, but you know he he loves LA. He's you know also been one of the key pieces of this team for years now. So you never know. Maybe LAFC uh, and John Thorrington can pull off a, a big uh, coup by re-signing him. But should they not? Yeah, it's going to be a, a difficult one to replace um, because you know as Steve Sharundalo referred to him, uh, I think a couple months ago, he, he's one of the best, if not the best, fullback in the league. Yeah, no, it just it's been great. Uh, him and a player also, uh, Sifu as well, obviously who, who moved on earlier this season. But those, I think that's what you want as a club, and what the LAFC has been able to build the foundation here. Not just that, just I mean, from being able to hire uh, Steve Sharon Lowe, which most of us we didn't know what to expect, right? And we did not know what to expect, and now we've seen every other fruits of the labor of Sharon Lowe, how he's coached and what he's been able to do with this club. 
Um, and then the players that they bring in, like Boanga, right? Kike, you know, Chiellini. So there's, you were starting to see a mixture. And I think if, if you have that foundation, you have that system built and you continue to have this, this is where clubs like this, you know, a, a club like LAFC really cements themselves as a, you know, winning one championship is great. Winning two championships back to league titles, then you start, then you, then you can start becoming a franchise, right? Like one of those franchises, right? And and in, in LA, right? You need multiple, you need multiple championships uh, to continue in doing that to prove what you're doing. And LA, if LAFC can do it this next Saturday, and we went back to back. Uh, champion back-to-back league titles. I mean, it's it's just going to be impressive at what 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 they're doing, and also in this in this era of MLS, right? In this, and no one has done the, the back-to-back in this era of MLS, which just makes just lets you know how difficult it is, right? If they're able to do that, and then this guarantees them uh, this this guarantees them uh, a CCL berth, right, for next season by winning winning the championship. If unless I'm 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 wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is, I think, this is the only way they they get into the CCL next year if, if they win on Saturday or next year. Uh, yes, the newly renamed Concacaf Champions Cup. Uh, yes, it is the only uh, way LAFC can get in is to win MLS Cup. Unfortunately, the uh, Western Conference Championship didn't win it for them uh, due to the way that the qualification is structured. Even though Columbus has already earned their uh, qualification, of course. So, yeah, they, they have to go and win that game in Columbus for CCC qualification next year, which is, yeah, as you say, a, a big milestone for them as well, besides the trophy. Yeah. Well, look, um, I know you and I, we have plans to, to head to Columbus. And if you guys are headed, obviously, you listeners, you guys are headed as well. Pack warm because mm. it's gonna be cold out there. I mean, I wake up. I woke up today and I was like, "Oh, this feels cold." And I was like, "I don't even." I haven't even looked at the weather in Columbus because I know it, it is a different type of cold over there, especially it's, uh, this, this time. Seventy percent raining on Saturday right now. <laughs> oh, seventy percent! Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I'm, I may just have to stay in the press box because man, it's raining. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't like. Hey, I I love watching the games live. And I remember remember last year at the Elmas Cup final, they put us on the extras. They oh, put yeah. us on the seats. Last year was amazing because I would I went back and forth depending on which side LFC was playing. I would go back and forth. I would just go like, okay, if they're if they're playing on this end, if they're scoring on this end, I would I would just go back and forth. And then penalties and everything. Oh man, it, it was a crazy experience. But if it's raining. I'm gonna just stay at one spot this this time around. I'm gonna just stay. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully no rain. Keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully no rain. But yeah, but no, it should it should be exciting. I know a lot, a big crew of us, at least from some of our media friends, are, are planning on go. Are planning on going. If you're planning on going, then definitely plan for the rain. I, I didn't know that until now, so I'm definitely gonna plan for that. But with that said, Justin, my brother, I appreciate you uh, being on. All you listeners, thank you guys for listening. And that wraps it up for Gio. This is Justin. Oh, for Justin, this is Gio. I'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody.